0: This is the bloody disgusting podcast network. Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight, and alongside me, we got Freddy, always keeping it spooky, always and forever. No David. no, David. David is actually moving though. Just like yeah. it's not like he didn't want to watch this movie. But I don't know. He said he'll be back next week. <laughs> <laughs> yes. so, happy moving day for David happy and moving Bella. day for David and, and, and congratulations David on your on your new property we are a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror this is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down discuss the ultimate question why horror so hit the lights sit back and let the darkness envelope you you can support the show over on patreon.com slash goodnight life that's night what they will okay by pleasure on patreon you've access the show ad free and as early as monday with a post show if you don't have any bucks to toss don't worry the episode is released every friday on most podcast services around the world and just to let everybody know a quick little disclaimer here it's hot in the bay area right now we got our windows open in the studio um and it is almost independence day so that like starts i don't know now yes (laughs) when we're recording this so uh sorry for if you hear any loud bangs or anything like that it's just Freddie. (laughs) <laughs> it really is. It really is. <laughs> Just kidding. But no, seriously, if, it, if there's any loud bangs, our apologies for any inconveniences on that. But it's hot in here. So we got to stay cool. <laughs> Need them windows open. But keeping things going with our vacation horror month, also known as Death Trip. We're continuing things with Eden Lake. Whew. First and foremost, Freddie, thoughts.
1: Well, I'm gonna pull it up right now. Uh, obviously, we have a schedule of like shows that we are watching for this month, and I I remember specifically when I looked at this coming up, you said do not watch last minute. I'm serious. Give yourself some time after this film and watch something happy. It's true, that note that. was specifically for me.
0: That was for you. Yes. Yeah. I had to change the way the wording of the note was because David said he was going to try. But it just didn't work out that way.
1: Um, yeah. I love it David. was just for frame. I don't think he would have oh, no been able to watch this movie. No way. No um, way.
0: It's way too much with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's too much with the kids.
1: It's one of those movies where I'm happy I watched it because I accomplished finishing the runtime of this movie because it definitely pushed my boundaries of like what I was able to watch and actually participate into this conversation. Yeah. Um, this gave me a lot of vibes of the Poughkeepsie tapes of how I felt. Uh, I guess mentally. <laughs> oh, okay,
0: so not the movie itself, but no, yeah, yeah. The, the, like experience. the raw emotions
1: I was getting from the movie experience itself. Where there was parts where I felt very nauseous at the very mm-hmm. end of the movie. I kind of sure. had a headache, and I was like, "Wow, I'm getting physically sick from this movie." But wow. at the same time, that knowing awesome. <laughs> <laughs> knowing that this movie was going to be intense, I think I came out of it fine. Good. Like, or I guess you, I mean, you had the,
0: you had a very lengthy warning.
1: Yeah. and I think watching like the Poughkeepsie tapes and feeling that like physical sickness from the movie I was like okay this is normal this is just how my body is reacting to the images or videos that I'm watching right now being portrayed on the screen and I have to say it is well shot it's well done it's well put together it's edited great. yeah very beautifully Um, edited we were just having a discussion earlier before the show was starting about how the music kind of like has just a presence on there it doesn't really elevate the story or it doesn't even like downgrade anything it's just there and that's what makes this movie very bleak and very dark and very morbid as well because you're just seeing situations happen yeah it's just scene after scene after scene of just unfortunate events going down with these main characters and it just doesn't get happy at any point no not once Maybe like one scene of like an ounce of hope with like the ring, which we'll talk about I mean, later. The,
0: there's actually a few scenes with with an ounce of hope, <laughs> like two ounce. Yeah, just and an gallons ounces. of like, blood and gore. And it's it's, it's torture. a torture. Yes. It's a lot, and, and I'm with you, Freddie. Uh, this was my second time watching this, yes. and fairly recently because um, I remember wanting to check this one out when it came out back in 2008, and I don't know why I never did. I just didn't because it came out, I believe for, for the U S this was like almost a straight to DVD, but I'm not too sure. Cause I know dimension picked this up under their extreme label. Cause that's when they were doing like more of the uh, morbid stuff or it was like, it would be like the ones where it's just like those cheap ass comedies, right. like, like, like movie 43 type shit. So yeah, exactly. So dimension extreme put this one out and like, it sounds like this line's going to be great, but it. <laughs> um, but I mean, when I first watched this, I didn't know how to feel. And the first person who actually told me to watch that was Shannon, Shannon McGrew, um, over at, uh, 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 gosh, she owns her own network. I want to say Daily Dead, but that's totally not it. Um, I'm blanking out my apologies, Shannon. But um when Shannon told me to to watch this movie and like prepped me slightly. She was like, it's f- fucking rough. And I was like, all right, it's rough. Let me let me go ahead and end this with with, with just that in the, my mind. And um the rough parts weren't happening right away and I was just like okay when does this get when does this heat up? And like even when the stuff was happening, I was like it just kind of feels like a slasher, you know, like a very modern slasher in 2008, you know, getting the extremity stuff um, that we're, we were very much used to in the 2000s. Um, whoa, those are big ones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't even know if they can even hear this, but we can. Um, but with all of that, the way that you experience the dread in this movie, just I don't know, like it cuts you, like the way, it, like the way it hurts in that movie, like you feel that shit, like you fucking feel it. Um, and Freddie, if you want to, you can close the windows. But um, I think t- we, I think we're good. I think it just stopped. That was quite the show. Yeah, it was quite yeah. the show. But I mean, it'll probably happen again. <laughs> um, it does pick up on your mic too, by the way. Um, but it is such an interesting way of how this movie just takes care of dread. And I, for some reason I actually enjoy that because it just means that this movie is just extremely good at what it's trying to do. Exactly.
1: It has a mission and the mission is definitely accomplished in this. They want you to have these raw reactions and how you feel about the characters getting in these situations of brutality And they don't hold back, obviously. No. No, they definitely do not.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, they they fucking cut you deep. (laughs) 100%.
1: It's one of those things where it's like, it's a lot of body gore for the most part. But at the same time, they don't show too, too much. It's more like, it's just a constant dread happening scene after scene after scene after scene it's just like oh it's not a huge shock factor but it just adds up where you're just mentally exhausted by the end of the movie and then at the end of the movie you're just like wow there's not even a payoff
0: right how surprised were you to see like Kelly Riley and also uh, Michael Michael Fassbender Fassbender.
1: yeah it's it's very interesting because obviously one of the biggest stars is Michael Fassbender yeah you're like oh no Magneto (laughs) Magneto (laughs) no way you poor bastard (laughs) It's like, what's your next movie? Shame, man. <laughs> 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 Complete opposite. Uh, but Kelly Riley is great too. She's actually fantastic in this. She's great, in this. and I really appreciate the work that she put in into this because you see the in- intensity of her like emotions and body language, and what her she's able to deliver in this
0: fucking role.
1: And I just saw her recently in another movie that came out this year. Uh, I don't think anyone picked it up yet, but Eight a- for Silver, which is like a That's werewolf right. movie. Yeah. Um, I forgot she was in She's telling it. She's doing her thing. And it was really cool seeing her in this because I feel like she does outperform Michael Fassbender in this, to be
0: honest. She does. Um, I mean, granted, she is the star of this. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, we like, follow her for the most part. Exactly. It's all about through her perspective. Right. So, I mean, she had a lot more moments to shine and she fucking killed it. Yeah, she I nailed say- it. every 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 ounce she was on screen to me, like her presence was definitely warranted.
1: It was her and Jack O'Connell which plays the the main baddie
0: for yes. the child.
1: Brett. Uh, Brett. Yeah. Yes. Fuck, oh, fuck that fucker. kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you hear that line, fuck them oh, kids, it's all God. about this movie. This whole
0: movie is kids. fuck them kids. Fuck, man. Let's jump into this. Let's jump into it, yeah. Eden Lake, directed by James Watkins, released September 12th of 2008 uh, in the UK with a runtime of one hour and 31 minutes and a budget of $2 million with a box office of $4 million and a rating of 79%. On Rotten Tomatoes. That actually surprised it's me. It's actually a really. Yeah, that kid. surprised me because, like, Rain. The Ruins Rainy. came out this same year and they were, what, 40%? Hmm. Something like that? I don't know. But anyway, we open to the flashes of a woman screaming during the title sequence. The woman who was was screaming, Jenny, is teaching her class of young children until the bell rings. She allows the kids to get up, ushering them out of her classroom, cut to her boyfriend, Steve, waiting for her in the car as she runs to him across the street. He is looking at the wedding ring before she runs over to him. She gets into the car. He puts it away. They greet each other with a kiss, and they're on their way. While driving down the highway, she jokes that her friend is going to Paris for the weekend with um, with her boyfriend and she's being taken to a quarry. It's like, dang, I'm grateful. (laughs) (laughs) He defends the quarry as they continue driving. Continuing down the road, his navigation system goes off, Jenny making fun of him him for that as well. She tickles him a bit, he turns on the vibrating seats (laughs) and they just have a good time together. And I love this. Like, retroactively speaking... It breaks my heart
1: because
0: <laughs> like they yeah, were they so their, fucking happy.
1: Yeah, they built a relationship really fast. Yeah, early on,
0: and it was just like all of that just crumbles <laughs> at the end of this movie, uh, and it's like goddamn,
1: yeah, absolutely. I, and I I was like texting someone because someone was like, oh yeah, if you're gonna watch this movie. Let me know how it goes like scene by scene just to make sure you're good because I've seen this movie. I was like, all right, yeah, I'll definitely keep you updated. Nice. And I was like, well, I'm 15 minutes in and still I'm good. Yeah. And then it just yeah it goes zero to 100, but we'll get there.
0: <laughs> yeah, it fucking does. <laughs> Steve continues driving down the highway with the radio on while Jenny sleeps. Um, and I forgot to mention that he actually does mention to her that the navigation system also bluetooth to his phone as well if he wanted it to so like he can use the navigation system as a phone excuse me now night steve pulls off about um pulls off about to turn left at the light a group of teens blow past them on their bikes as they laugh and cheer and i love that this is the first time we really truly see them yeah, he slams on his brakes annoyed at the teens but continues forward about to park at the B&B someone t- uh, takes his parking spot which is a- turns out that it's actually the teens parents mm. it's, it's John and his fucking gang pretty much and his fucking shithead of a kid Brett is sitting there greeting his dad when he gets out of the car it's just like this is fucking rules Yeah, the fact that they're like literally this close right here <laughs> The movie, like I said, does
1: a really good job of editing stuff in and making the timeline as sequential as yeah. possible, where it's like, let me introduce all the characters to you now. You might not notice everything, but everything will make sense. Right. So this gives that, that rewatchability of like, oh, I missed that. Mm-hmm. That's actually the parents. Oh, yeah, that's the little shit that's going to like create right. the mayhem. Or let me introduce these kids where like their first interaction is them cutting them off after the light turns green, right. and they're just laughing about it. Yeah we're setting the stage of this is the minor inconvenience inconveniences that they're going to give you now. And it's just going to ramp up from there.
0: Right. Yeah. And this is very much like, it feels like it's a retelling of like Lord of the flies or something or very much. So yeah. like, you know, it's it, it just a more brutal version Cult mentality in the way. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Cause like Brett has these kids like wrapped around his finger because 100%. they're just afraid of him when it's just like, bro, nah, Brett, we're fucking boxing, bro. Let's get it. Like, I'm fucking done. Let's go, bro. Like, 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 like let's get There's it. There's more of us than you. Like, like, I'll throw the first punch if you need me to. Like, let's go. Inside the pub, Steve is trying to get to the tenders, uh, get the tenders' a- attention. The bartender continues ignoring him until Ginny comes up next to him. He asks her what what she would want. She smiles, ordering two pints of lager, taking the bill out of Steve's hand to hand it to him. Nice. Cut to the, if I was Steve, I would be like, you know, fuck this. Let's go to Paris. <laughs> let's just leave. Let's leave now. You're right. You deserve Paris. Cut <laughs> to them drinking their alcohol outside on a lawn. Kids running around and playing. There is a kid screaming. Steve about to comment on how that kid needs a spanking, but the mom just slaps the kid right across his face as she yells at him to stop. Wow the couple the couple watching in shock for a moment before they look away when the woman looks at them steve finishes his beer asking her if she would like if she would like another they're in their room jenny lying on in bed overhearing the town folk continuing to yell and fight outside their room steve comes out of the bathroom mocking them arguing before he lies down on the bed jenny jokes for him to tell them to uh, quiet down um he returns turns it back to her, claiming that it was different the last time he was there, making another joke, then continue, then commenting about the quarry before they passionately kiss. And that shows us a lot of Steve's character in that moment. I don't expect him to do anything to tell these people to quiet down, but it kind of lets us know like how Steve's emotions work, where yeah. like he's a very patient person and things like that. Um, because it's just like you can totally tell like he's had a list of shit events kids cut him off bartender does not want to speak to him and literally kind of in a way sexualizes his wife or girlfriend it's just like nope I'll talk to her not you because she's a lady whatever and then now these people arguing and kind of ruining his date with his girlfriend and a date that's supposed to be extremely special right like a very special weekend um, because he has big plans. Exactly. Yeah. Sucks. Next day, they are driving down to the quarry, coming across a sign that welcomes them to the new development site, Eden Lake. Ginny asks about who they are uh, afraid. Excuse me. Ginny asks about who they are afraid. Um, since they are building, who are they afraid of? Since they're building a gated community, they drive off the road. The back of the sign spray painted with slurs. I'm not going to say what it says, but it pretty much is just like, "Get out of here, yippies." pretty much. Um or not yuppies. Yuppie? I think he said yuppie. I don't I don't know sure. what a yuppie is, to be completely honest with you. But um I assume it's bad since they're using it on that side. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I'm I'm not from the UK. I'm not really up on the slang. I don't even know if that's even used here. It's not used in the hood. So (laughs) that's all I'm going to say. As they continue to drive down the dirt road, they come across an area where it is closed off by a gate. I just see the flurry of comments coming to me now It's like, dude, a yuppie is blah, blah, blah. uh, He turns down. I hope it's not, like, that bad of a slur because I don't want to say it if it is. Um, He turns. Is it not? Oh, okay, thank you. Um, he turns down, following the gate until it ends, and he goes past it. They make it to the quarry, looking over the hillside at it. Steve asking her what she thinks about it. She calls it beautiful, and they are there on their uh, on their there on their way down to the quarry. Walking down the hill, they come across a young boy drawing in a sketchbook as he hold a, holds a jar. Ginny comes up next to the boy. He tells her that he is not supposed to talk to strangers. She agrees, and they continue walking down to the quarry, and. Uh, We see him later. (laughs) Yes, we do. At their destination, they set up on the sandy area around the quarry. As they were joking and kissing, two boys, Brett and Mark, come onto the quarry, picking, picking on the kid that the couple saw earlier. The boy takes off, Brett and Mark shattering his glass full of insects. Jenny gets defensive. Steve brushes it off as them just being boys, and they are fine as long as they don't mess with them. She agrees and falls asleep. Ginny is startled awake from their from the teens dog Bonnie barking at the couple. Brett calls their dog back to the rest of the group, more teens with them this time. The couple continues trying to keep keep to themselves as Steve goes for a quick swim. Quick question. Would you have gone somewhere else? Or would you have tried to stay and like because you're just like fuck these kids? So uh it depends on the situation. I think in
1: this situation, I would have left. I would have totally have left. But at the same time, I understand where he's coming from too. Yeah. because it's a sense yeah, of like, pride. It's like yeah. I was here first. I am the adult in this situation. Yeah. These are kids. I'm gonna go over there and lower their music and stuff like that, and show like, no, I'm the authority. Show who has
0: the authority here. Yeah.
1: Um. But at the same time, it's like, all right, I'm here with my girl. We're trying to have a romantic situation. I don't want to have any conflicts.
0: Let's just go somewhere else. Yeah. Because yeah. like after the whole dog, like I like as soon as <laughs> really the dog came up, I'm like all right, let's go before yeah, one of us gets hurt, much. whatever. Yeah. If I have to punch this kid in this face, like, you know, let's go. Yeah. Let's just dip. step
1: out of the situation.
0: Exactly. Um, but you're right. He was very prideful in this moment, um, which also shows like a piece of his character of all those events that are happening. This new event that's included is also just like a cherry on the top for him in some ways too, right? Yeah. Where it's just like, all right, patience is now thin. Fuck that. We were here first. Fuck this dog Which and fuck these kids. begs
1: the question: If Steve hasn't done, like, if he didn't do the actions that like he does in this movie, would the like events unfold the way it did?
0: Um, yeah, it wasn't
1: for his pride,
0: right? And, and you know, I don't think so. Like, yeah. I think they would have probably still fucked with them, but I don't think it would have gotten as intense. Bonnie runs back over to Ginny, barking and slobbering over her. Steve comes back to the quarry, but this time going over to the group of teens. He asks Brett if they, are, if they can turn their music down. Brett is a complete dick, repeating that he can't hear him as all the rest of his friends laugh, at, laugh about it. Steve turns the music down himself and tells him to watch their dog. Paige corrects him by calling the, uh, the dog a she, Brett using this as a referral to Ginny to call her a bitch. I was like, damn. Steve tries to tell them um, to not be dicks, but Paige gets offended, even commenting about him looking at her breast. God damn it. (laughs) Their friends continuing laughing and taunting him, he goes back to Ginny as they turn their music back up. Ginny suggests that they go somewhere else, but Steve doesn't feel feel the need since they were there first the music continues blaring as Brett stares at Jenny's breast um, she covers herself up and moves to the fetal position and he was using like a binoculars too right right yeah um, it's like it's fucking prick <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus the teens are leaving from the quarry messing around with each other Brett, co- Brett getting the wise idea to pull this little his little pecker out to flash them cool <laughs> like you literally just Yanks his dick out, like taunting her. He's just like, bro, put your pinky away. <laughs> like, 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 get out of here. Get out of here, man. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> um, but it's it's interesting, too, because just like I even said um, in here, I was like, it's fucked up that all of this could have probably been avoided if they would have just left. Right. Like, that's the thing. Like, you know, it, there is a huge lesson inside of this story.
1: Yeah, I guess uh, one of the big things is, uh, at least for Steve's character, is like masculinity of being there for his girl and being like, oh, let me go over there and talk to him and come back. And being kind of like the guy, the man to do that. Right. And having that like pride of doing that and kind of like controlling the situation. It's like, no, we were here first. We're going to handle the situation. We'll take care of it. And that's the same thing. It's like later on, we'll talk about the scenes. Like he's like, oh, let me stop this car. I see the bikes outside this. Fucking house, let me go inside and confront them again. It's 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 because, like, he wanted wanted
0: to tell their parents, is what he
1: wanted to do, right? He wanted to make an example out of them. He wanted to make the situation right. Which, which obviously, we'll talk more about for sure. But yeah. Uh,
0: As they leave, Ginny kisses Steve's shoulder, asking him if he's happy now. The couple um, are setting up camp. Ginny's searching for wood as Steve sets up the tent. While getting some wood, she hears something coming out of the woods. Gazing to the denseness, she doesn't see anything. Um, cut to cut to night. Steve cuddled with Jenny by the fire, asking her if she would like another beer. She agrees, him reaching in his pocket for the ring. Jenny hears screaming throughout the forest, asking him what that sound is. He tells her that it is nothing, as he kisses the back of her neck. Do you think it was actually the kids? Fucking with them still or nah?
1: Um,
0: I don't think it's all of the kids, but I think it's Brett. Think so? Yeah. Just by himself? By himself. Interesting. Offering for them to go inside the tent. Um, oh, yeah. Inside, they continue their sensual acts until the screeching noise is heard yet again. She stops him when she hears it again, Steve blaming it on the wind, but the sound keeps going. He jokes about about uh, what the sound could be. Jenny's still worried about it. Steve goes out of the tent to take a look at where it's coming from. He's outside the tent calling to someone, but... We are still with Ginny inside the tent. She calls out to him, but hears grunting and growling coming outside of uh, outside right next to her. She tells him to stop messing around, and he waits a mo- and she waits a moment before coming back. Or excuse me, he waits a moment before coming back into the tent, scaring her. They have a laugh and share "I love yous," um, and then we fade to black to the next morning. Ginny coming out of the tent, noticing their food is now spoiled. They are in the car, joking about how hungry they are. Steve backing up. Um, But his tires, um, his tire pops with a glass bottle that was left by the teens. (laughs) What a lovely bunch of folks, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Pissed, he quickly changes his tire and quickly speeds back toward the town. The teens ride past them on their bikes, yelling about his tire as they laugh. Steve chases after them for a moment until he he is blocked off. Ginny matter-of-factly asking him if he would like to get breakfast now cut to them inside of a diner, the waitress asking for, um, them their order. Now, it's interesting, before I even go to the diner scene here, him chasing the kids. like Yeah, with the car. Exactly. Which is also like also taunting them again. Taunting them, but they or now know. It's a, they it's now a power know, move. They're, it is a power move. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. But now they know that they're getting under his skin. Right. And they know, like, oh, we can keep pushing this. Right. Like, we can keep going here. And I think that's, that's where his mistake came, where he was just like, "Oh, I'm you know, fuck these kids, I'm going to go ahead and and chase after them and things like that." And I think that's where his mistake really lies.
1: Yeah, it really reminded me of uh there's something wrong with Kevin or or We looks, need to talk about We Kevin. need to talk about Kevin where it's like that relationship with him and his mom is just back and forth pushing and seeing who can like outdo the other person. Yeah. And that's absolutely. like the same thing that's happening here.
0: Right. Yeah. And it and you know, everyone is using the whole concept of like, oh, they're good kids, they're good kids, they're good kids, when it's just like, they're not, they're just, they're your kids. Right. You know. Um, after they order, Steve asks about the kids. The woman smiles, asking if they've been terrorizing her, and she's like giggling and, and like joking about it. He agrees with a smile, and the wait- waitress giggles, calling them little terrors. She tells him not to worry based on, on his size. He continues that they popped his tire, and wanted to, and he wanted to let their cho- let their parents know. Her demeanor now changes and says, quote unquote, not my kids. He apologizes and tells her never mind and that he doesn't want any trouble. And she was like fucking pissed. Right. And that's in the point
1: of this movie where I wrote in my notes, like, there's a lot of anger
0: in this movie. There is a lot of anger in this movie. (laughs) A lot of anger. A lot of anger in this movie. But I mean, if you think about it on this, on the aspect of why these people probably are angry are, you know, they're getting gentrified. You know, their their little town is changing. Um and they're they're adding these new homes in and, and people like Steve and um and Jenny are coming there for vacation and stuff like that when for them like that's that's their home, that's their territory. Yeah, very protected. If you will, exactly.
1: Within their own communities. Right. Extent.
0: And which we find out later is very apparent for this uh, community of folks that we see. She walks away. Jenny mocking and joking with him. They are driving down the road. Steve spotting the teens' bikes piled up in front of the house. He slams on his brakes. Jenny t- um, trying to talk him out of it, but he goes inside the house anyway. Parked in front of their driveway, mind you. Yeah. And I even when I first watched it, I was like, why would you park right there? Why don't you like park to the side or something? Like you're you're in their driveway. While walking through the house, he calls for someone, but nobody answers. But notices a hole punched through the wall. Meanwhile, Brett's dad is in a van. Um, is. Brett's dad is in a van um, honking his horn at Jenny to move out of the driveway. He rushes her as she moves out of the way. Back inside the house, Steve notices Brett's dad coming inside. He quickly makes his way up the, upstairs inside of Brett's room, kicking something with his foot. Brett's dad hears the thud, shouting for Brett to come downstairs. The kids are actually outside, terrorizing an animal. Little shits. The dad um, comes closer and closer to him. Steve goes out of the back window, jumping over a wall, making it back to Ginny, saying that um, it is time for them to to go. Now, this is very scary. (laughs) Like, this is really scary because, you know, I am very curious, like, what would have happened if he got caught?
1: yeah this is the first moment in this movie where there's immediate danger and right. of course in here my notes too it's like why would you break in in anyways it's like you're just going into some random person's house and we were kind of analyzing the scene before you got here too and we were just looking at the environment to see if there's any like storytelling and you see there's a bunch of alcoholic bottles on the on the wall yep. of course the big indicator too there is a hole in in the door so yep. someone's Obviously, maybe alcoholism with a lot of of anger, and then like punching holes through walls or doors as well. I mean, they seen the Um, night,
0: a couple of nights prior to how this this community gets down. Right, they're very aggressive and abusive, things like that. And
1: the big thing too, seeing the dad walk in, he actually drops a bag, and that bag is full of alcohol as well. You can hear the bottles bottles clink. So there's a lot of storytelling that's involved in this as well which is really cool.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, cuz all of that is just leading to that exposition of like how these people live, right? And how these how these people um I guess provide for their community as yeah. as you will. Um because like we saw that John was uh at the bar as well and he was being served just fine and then Jenny comes up and then she was able to get served. But it's just interesting how this all spirals
1: yeah it's very interesting how the story gradually progresses too because yeah. this is the first indication it's like oh they're not just doing inconveniences now they're are they're actually harming a living creature so now we see that like right. oh they're actually doing more than just messing with people
0: yeah. they're actually, they're actually h- hurting something something yeah, yeah. living yeah Cut to them driving back to the quarry, Steve commenting about his, shame, uh, about his shame and for them to have a good weekend. She agrees. Back at the water, Steve playfully grabbing her to pull, um, pull her into the water. Moments later, Steve comes back out of the water with his gear. Ginny is waiting for him back at the shore. He comments about the amazing things that you find at the bottom of the lake. She ignores his comment, asking um, where their beach bag is. He tells her that it was right there. They search for a moment, Steve mentioning that the car keys are in there. <sighs> My question is I because she was dry when he came back, so she had to have been on shore for a while, right?
1: Yeah, I guess they're all packing up now, so that's when she starts to realize it's like, oh yeah. Their bag's gone. Their bag's gone. Yeah. But of course they were both out there like kissing each other and stuff like that. So that's yeah. probably the moment where
0: So stop kissing, that's what yeah. you're
1: saying. <laughs> well the best thing is like uh we talked about it earlier too, is that there's a lot of like uh, shots from the like wilderness of there is. From Yeah, from a fall. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, they're that. like, stalker like That's shots. definitely
0: Brett or the other kids
1: waiting or for their moment
0: them. to like grab that bag and yeah. grab that car. Yeah. Going back to their spot where they parked the car and it is no longer there where it should be. What would you do? Like
1: what the fuck? I'd go to the town.
0: Or you would just start walking. Follow the road. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess for him there was no road, right? Like he had to kind of like make one because he had to drive past that gate. That's true,
1: but you followed the same yeah, way you came. I, in. I, that's what
0: I would have done. I would have just I Problem wouldn't have even avoided s- again. <laughs> well, you know what? Actually, I guess I guess that's what they different route. Did they though? Because I feel like isn't that like where they, they were trying to go? Just go back to the road. Maybe because uh, I, I feel like like were, what do you do? They looked like they were just going in the middle of the wilderness. And I was like, why? I mean, it does. But at the same, at time, the same
1: time, that's where they're at. So, yeah. yeah like, fair. I mean,
0: it was a lot of off-roading. He did with that Jeep. He was definitely driving really fast, too, when he was off-roading. I was just like, damn, is this an off-roading trip? Or are you just trying to get to a destination here? Jesus, uh, they, they start walking on foot out of the wooded quarry, making it, uh, making it to an open area. Their Jeep comes barreling towards them, Steve grabbing Jenny out of the way. The teens taunt them, Brett in the driver's seat wearing Steve's shades and they drive off. The couple continues walking through the through the woods. It getting darker and darker as it turns to night. Steve spots the teens and it is about to go and he's about to go over to them, but Jenny stops him telling him to just leave it. He doesn't, commenting that they have their car. And this is a tough one, right? They have their car like obviously these kids, they're kids. You don't you don't expect to to know how dangerous they are, but what do you, in this situation, like, what the fuck? Because this is such a hard situation to be placed in. I would still go to the town first. I don't think I would have fucked with them either. I
1: don't think so. Because at the same time, you've seen I mean, f- these power kids numbers, there, right? Yeah, there's a lot of kids.
0: You know that there's alcohol involved. If because they they're have constantly the drinking balls to fucking take your car. Right. Like obviously what else they, are they, Exactly. They're they're probably willing to fucking punch your your lights right. out, dude. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they literally did Grand Theft Auto. Like
1: Literally. Yeah. Yeah. These so, kids aren't like they're fucked up. And you saw them messing with an animal prior. Yeah. You know they're able to harm a living creature. They're not gonna be afraid to like harm you.
0: Yeah. And but I pride, mean Pride man. Well, once again, that pride showing, and, and maybe Like, no. Maybe, they have
1: our car. We have to go confront right, them. Maybe a tinge Let me be that of macho toxic man right now,
0: masculinity yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> the teens are harassing a cage skunk, taking turns kicking the cage. Paige calls for Brett's attention when when the couple walks into their circle. Steve tells them that he just wants to. He wants his jeep back. Brett plays dumb, saying that it wasn't him. Steve asked for his keys. His uh, Steve asked for his car keys and wallet. Brett repeats again that it wasn't him. Steve comments about Brett wearing his glasses. Brett claims that they're his. Ginny tells Steve that it is time to go, but he ignores her, asking them now for his fucking car. (laughs) Steve's phone rings. He goes up to Brett, grabbing him to try and get his phone back. As they wrestle, one of the teens, Ricky, pulls out a knife and is about to stab him. Steve grabs his wrist, holding the knife back. They They let go of the dog, and it jumps on them. Her getting stabbed in the neck by Steve on accident. Well, Brett checks on his dog, angry about him, angry about him, excuse me, angry about his dog getting stabbed as, I mean, yeah, yeah. Steve apologizes and mentions that it was an accident and for him to give him the keys so he can drive her to the vet. Bonnie is dying, Brett crying over her as he throws the keys at him, telling him to just fuck off steve apologizes again jenny grabbing the keys and telling steve to come on mark takes out a box cutter from his pocket jenny yelling for steve to come on they run towards the car backing up and trying to get out of there mark was fucking down for the cause though like he was just like ready for like mayhem in that moment the teens chase after them as they get stuck going uphill They are throwing rocks at the couple, shattering their windshield. Why didn't you back up? Um, They run over to the car, trying to get inside, and smashes their headlights. The um, The couple make it out, but Steve can't see where he's going. They crash to a tree trunk. Steve is stuck by a branch that pierced through the car. Ginny tries to help him out, but he hands her the navigation device, telling her to get out of there and get help. She hesitates. Um... Excuse me. She hesitates for a moment because they are coming. She go. She gets out of the car, running away. While she is running through the woods, the teens are searching for them. One of them calling over, uh, calling over Brett because they found the car. They run over. To, they run over to it. Brett breaking, uh, breaking the passenger window. Transition to the next day, Ginny cautiously, cautiously coming out of hiding. She goes back to the truck, Steve no longer there. She sees a trail of blood on the ground and follows it to one of his shoes. Proceeding with caution, overhearing Steve coughing and the teens chattering. At a better vantage point, she watches as they terrorize her boyfriend. Steve is tied up with barbed wire, telling them that, the people, that people know that they are there and um, that they're going to call the police for them. He cries and pleads for them to let him go, claiming that nobody has died yet. This triggers Brett about his dog dying. He goes up to Steve, grabbing the metal dog leash to choke him with it. This is fucking brutal. This whole scene. This Super whole scene. It's, it, it's absolutely terrifying. And you know what? I forgot um, in the beginning of the episode for the trigger warning, everybody. My apologies on that. Um, but it's not getting half to the stuff here but trigger warning on uh, uh, multiple aspects of different things from children getting hurt to animals obviously getting hurt and um also the usual horror stuff of our blood and guts which we don't usually give trigger warnings for but all the other stuff yeah when deserve trigger to, warnings
1: torturing like too
0: like absolutely um and also you're Listen, our, our listenership is not worth it so please stop listening if it's definitely going to trigger you on anything your mental health is way more important Brett's friend Harry grabs him, uh, uh, grabs him off of the pleading Steve Brett tr- um, turning his anger and attention to Harry for pulling him off Harry tells him to calm down and think for a moment Brett telling him that Steve will call the cops if any, um, any chance he gets Harry claims that he never touched him and this is bullshit Brett pulls out a knife holding it to his cheek, telling him to stab Steve. Harry hesitates, um, hesitantly agrees, taking the knife and approaches Steve. Steve pleads for him to wait, Brett calling for Paige to record it. Harry cuts Steve on his arm, Brett suggesting that it isn't, that isn't deep enough, and shouts for him to go deeper. He does so, running back to Brett, handing him the knife so he can throw up. Brett calls for everyone to take a take a cut out of him, calling on Mark to be the next person. He doesn't take Brett's knife. He pulls out his box cutter, taunting him a little bit with the cutter for a moment, then stabbing him and ripping away. Absolutely brutally. Like it just it's so brutal.
1: Yeah. How he, he didn't did. even hesitate.
0: He didn't. No. Like uh, for Mark a is moment. There with Brett. Oh yeah, Mark is fucking nuts. Yeah. I I honestly I think Mark is worse than Brett. Am wow. I? Wow! I genuinely do because he is—he is like one of those guys who would Stays probably stay quiet, but then just jumps in when he can. Well, that and but like he would literally do anything for Brett. So, That's in my opinion, he is just way more dangerous than Brett. If Brett didn't probably have the guts to do any of this, he would probably do have for Mark him. do it. And like Mark would just be completely happily to do it. Yeah, and I think Mark is probably the most dangerous out of all of them for sure. Yeah. Yeah, terrifying. Yeah. Fuck them kids. Meanwhile, <laughs> Jenny watches in fear and tears in fear and tears from afar. Next up, Ricky, he takes the knife while working up the courage to stab him. He does so, complaining about Steve's blood getting on his shoes. Great. <laughs> Cooper is about to walk away, and Cooper seems to be the youngest out of all of them. Um, Brett calling him over to also get also take a stab. He pulls him over to Steve, handing him the knife. Ginny is trying to pair his, nav, uh, pair his nav device with his phone, but it continues searching for the device. Cooper is holding the box cutter, telling Brett that he can't, he can't but he pulls him back, sharing that they are all in this together. He tells him to cut out uh, fuck. He tells him to cut out his tongue, and he stabs Steve directly in the mouth. Jesus Christ you see it all you do yeah you see it all and, and to me that was a lot worse than just getting your tongue severed right you just like, went
1: in there and like moved it around right and i was like oh fuck this is terrible right
0: like it, Friends, it's goddamn you it's uh, <laughs> yeah goddamn me for real Uh death <laughs> trip brad wiping his blood on cooper's face why uh, he tells he then tells them that they have to uh, they have to finish this as Steve continues gasping for air Jenny calls the police pleading for it to go um, to go through the phone vibrates in Brett's pocket he takes it out and he cancels the call to the police he figures out that Jenny is close by because of Bluetooth and I'm just like damn how did he you know like this is felt like new technology <laughs> like I right. just he knew right away <laughs> What a great use of technology in horror, though. Right here. Right. This was a perfect use of technology. They don't take it
1: away. They give them the opportunity to actually try and save themselves, but at the same exactly. time, it's the thing that's like also a crutch.
0: Right. Yeah. And you know what's interesting This on all of this is that when Paige is recording this and when Brett forces her to record this type of shit, this fucking sucks to say, but this was very much with the times. Like, there were those fucked up videos during that time that some people I, I i don't know if they're real or not but like you know the the man in one jar and uh, like yeah, yeah. and fucking all of, all two guys and one screwdriver whatever the fuck like right these videos surfacing of people getting hurt and mutilated and killed on video like this, this is pretty much i feel like a lot of that is what inspired this Damn. You know? Because a lot of that happened in the 2000s. Like, a lot of that shit happened when we were in high school. Right. Like, in, like, 2005, 2004, 2006. And it's fucked up. Like, you know, like, Rotten.com and all that shit was around during that time. You know? Like, so, it the internet was fucked up. Like, if you think the internet is fucked up now, like, the internet was way too open. Yeah. <laughs> like it was way too open back in the day. Um he figures out that Ginny is close by, Steve yelling for her to run. They all get out get on their bikes chasing after her. Meanwhile, Steve gets out of of, of his barbed restraints. They ride down a slight hill after her, Ginny making them all fall on the bikes with the stick. Good on good for her. her. Yes. That was fucking rad. She runs to a construction site so she can take a message from our sponsors. And we're back. I like how some people were telling me that I'm getting good at those. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Shout out to y'all. Uh, she runs to the construction site trying to get inside a bungalow. It is locked with a chain but she opens the door enough to attempt to get to the radio. She drops it onto the ground, breaking it. The teens make it to, her, make it to the area. Brett instructing um instructing Ricky to guard the clearing as they continue looking for her. Ginny's coat is stuck and she's and she can't get out. She takes her jacket off and hides around the corner. They bu- they um burst the door open while Harry checks the checks around the corner and they do this like fucking nonchalantly. Like literally they they just had the scheme like they've done this shit before. Yeah, like, that's true. He literally like Mark immediately bent over for him so Brent could just kick the door no problem.
1: I'm sure they probably like. They've definitely done have done some shit like this several before. times. Pregnant entering places, or yeah. stealing. I mean, at this point, like nothing's out the window. with so like, on about it,
0: yeah. and that's why I think Mark's the most dangerous because he knew what the fuck to do. Yeah, like Mark was just like he no words nothing. He just fucking bent over and was just like, "All right, let's break this shit down." And Brett was just like one mind, immediately hopped on his back and just kicked that shit.
1: Yeah, for him, it's like it feels like instinct, right? To just do this stuff, like because right. he stays quiet, he just does, he does things. He,
0: I don't think he talks just at all. No hesitation. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he has one line.
1: Good call. I don't. Remember, yeah, I don't recall remember.
0: Or, or recall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He definitely doesn't tell anybody to stop. That's for sure. <laughs> um, but Jenny is lying down above, um, and it's interesting when Harry checks the corner though, because Harry totally like is like I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this. But like he checks the corner, he's like bummed that he can't find her.
1: Right. He's he so like, into it like let me flip around this corner real quick. Oh, she's not here. Damn.
0: Yeah, it seemed a little out of his character. Yeah. Of what we saw the scene prior, at least. Which makes me probably think that this probably wasn't filmed chronologically.
1: But at the same time too, I was like, Oh wow, this bungalow is not that tall. So at the same time I was like, Oh, you didn't see her climb up from Or like, hear her? Yeah.
0: Like you guys are inside. It's like it's like, <laughs> like she
1: even walking towards it, you can see someone climb up it.
0: That's true. But that's, yeah. yeah, that's true. Not, but hey.
1: here or there, you
0: know. Yeah. Movie. <laughs> Ricky makes it back to the clearing, calling, calling to Brett to let him know that Steve is no longer there. Brett angrily tells him to follow the blood before hanging up his phone and rallying his troops to keep looking for Jenny. <laughs> Excuse me. Good to know that, like, we have confirmation that they actually have service there. Um, cut to Steve limping as quickly as he can to his car. He opens up his trunk, disturbing the car alarm. He who locks the car. That, that seems like such an intense moment. I wouldn't assume, like, the first thing in my head wouldn't be, as a teenager, like, make sure to lock the car.
1: Right, but, after the car crash.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, hey, good on them, because, I mean, they you it works probably, in their favor. Yeah, yeah, use it as a trap. Um, he grabs some of his supplies as quickly as he possibly can. The crew backtracks toward the car to chase after him. Steve hears one of them coming his way. He stops prepping his weapon. He strikes, but um, it is Jenny dodging the tire arm. taking that head off she assists him into a shed trying to calm him down letting him know that she is going to get him cleaned up she gives him some water as he chokes on it from excruciating pain that he's in this is fucking wild man like I have so much like empathy for him in this moment where I'm just like I wish I could help you
1: right when he drank water I was like oh your mouth is fucked up you're probably feeling
0: all of it yeah like you, you were probably in so much pain yeah, you know you feel extremely
1: bad for him at this point and right. you start to see all of the wounds that he has and they're obviously not pretty yeah,
0: yeah. definitely not she grabs the first aid kit as he lifts his shirt showing a slap of his skin as blood pours out of the wound shuddering asking Ginny how it looks from fucking pure adrenaline she tries to lie him down but he checks it he checks it himself she oh, excuse me she tries to lie to him telling him that it doesn't look that bad it looks right you know um but he checks he checks it himself realizing that he's bleeding to death as his blood runs black damn and it continues flowing line. out of his wound
1: such a brutal line to say. Absolutely. It's like, um, I'm fucking
0: bleeding to death. My blood is black.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, he recognizes what's going on. Right. Like, how bad it is, too. And I think in my notes here, I said, this movie at this point has given me a
0: headache. <laughs> Fair <laughs> so enough. So I was,
1: like, checking in with myself. Okay, where am I at? Yeah. Where am I mentally you, and emotionally? Did emotional you have to text way? your person? Oh, throughout the entire time. <laughs> oh, okay.
0: There you go. Was, was it like, helpful this is at what's all? Yeah, it's
1: like, because I watched this pretty early, like, 8 a.m.,
0: So I have the whole rest of the day to You did, because you texted me like 11, I think, or something like that. After I watched it, yeah. Yeah, and you're just like, what a great Uh, horror comedy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it it definitely helped having someone walk me through it a little bit. That's good which was great, but at the same time, I was like, all right, let me just like check in with myself in my own notes of like how I feel so I can talk about it. Because yeah. I was like, this is how intense this movie is and how fast it's ramping up to make me start to feel physically sick because yeah. I start to feel really heavily connected with this character because I actually like them as like, they're, characters they're in this great. movie. Yeah. Um, they're very likable. They have re- great chemistry between each other mm-hmm. and you just feel for them. It's like, yeah. damn, bad situation, good people.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah, just bad timing the whole nine. Yeah. Like, a little bit pride. 100% yeah. wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. And like, pride. that that's yeah. a lot of it was pride. <laughs> you definitely could have left this situation and just gone back home and been like, let's just have a nice dinner. Let's right. Go back home. Let's go to you know, let's, right. they have that there. I don't know. in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, um, she right. Try, Maybe a, I'm sure a hibachi of some kind. Um, she tries her best to comfort and calm him, repeating that he's not going to die while apologizing. He continues shuddering and shivering. She finds the ring in his pocket. He shares his plans for the honeymoon. Um, as his labored breathing gets thicker, the canker kids find their miniature hideout and walk over to them fucking canker kids that's their name fuck them you know what i'm saying fuck them. they're just canker sores just all of them they burst through the door noticing all of the first aid items on the ground the couple are underneath the floorboard hiding in the water brett tells them to continue searching cooper telling him that he he's tired he tells cooper to shut up then ask um if then ask if that is um one of their bloody footprints on the floorboard it isn't the same size. page commenting that is it's Jenny's. Um, you know what? I think Mark he asked Mark that question and Mark said like it's not mine. Or maybe he asked Ricky. I think it was Ricky. I don't know. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Mark One doesn't talk. Kids. Mark's Mark's like completely silent they know that uh, they know that Ginny is with them they wait a, a bit longer as Ginny tries her best to keep quiet while managing Steve's body the group is the group are about to leave out of, out of the shack when Harry's foot falls through the wood they don't they don't make much of it Brett calling him fat and I fucking hate this kid and telling telling them that they need to go as they are leaving Ginny swims through the water to bring Steve back on shore she struggles to drag his body back up he's in and out of consciousness trying to to keep going Steve um, Steve tells her that he can't move and that they are safe there since the teens left she mentions that they will come back um, and that they need to go to town because he will die if he doesn't get blood he exhaustedly nods mentioning that um, he saw power pylons and that they must lead somewhere She cover- she covers him with brush putting on an engagement ring telling him to look he smiles she demands for him to stay hidden and he tells her to come back she agrees, running off, wielding a stick. Wow, it's rough, Wow. A little out this of whole right there again. fucking moment, man. like then even retroactively speaking, like this shit is rough, dude, you're just like you root for them the whole time and like you really do. and yeah. that's the thing like and i think that's why this makes this movie such a hard watch is because you're constantly rooting And you want them to survive yeah you're just like fuck like they have to get out of this right like
1: <laughs> right. most like, horror movies have a happy ending <laughs> oh,
0: okay, yeah, yeah
1: or you want, it to you, have want some, you want you uh, want them to have a happy yeah. ending
0: but like but this movie the best way that i can put this movie you know, I'll say I'll save the best way that I can put this movie. At OK, because I, I have the perfect words that sums up this entire fucking movie. <laughs> she continues running, making it to the pylons, the teens continuing their search as well. As she is running, she steps on a protruding spike. Jenny screams in fucking agony. And the only time I've seen something like this again was A Quiet Place Part 2.
1: Yeah, I was about to say that, yeah.
0: Like, that, that's all this mainly reminded me of, again. It's
1: that in uh, Ready or Not, where she puts her hands through, like...
0: Yeah, but even through. Ready like, or Not didn't people... feel as visceral as this. This no. felt visceral. Like, Ready when she first like... stepped
1: on it, it wasn't too bad, but what she does afterwards oh, yeah. was very brutal. And I was like, fuck, you have to show it all, don't you? Yes, okay. you do.
0: Yes, you, do. you needed to see that, Freddie. Yeah. <laughs> you need it need is strong word <laughs> you need it I was you inclined to see it <laughs> <laughs> the teens hear her and run her way spotting the blood on the ground Ginny forces herself to fall down a hill to escape from them quicker uh, at the bottom she checks her foot the piece of the spike still stuck underneath she tries to pull it out but the pain is too much for her placing a stick <laughs> fuck. placing the stick in her mouth she pushes the spike through her foot and pulls it through the roof of her foot. Mm. Wow. Trying to catch her breath and breathe through the pain, she gains enough composure to try and start climbing up the hill. She uh, makes it to the top and tries to rest a bit, but she is startled by the kid she saw earlier named Adam. He's frightened, but she tries to remind him who she is. She speaks to uh, she asks to speak with his mom, but he tells her that she is working. Alternatively, she asks for him to show show her the way out into town. Cut to them walking back into the woods. Jenny following right behind Adam. She asks if they should be following the power lines, but he tells her that um this way is quicker. He takes her on. He takes her to a clearing, claiming that his mom picks him up from there. She's confused, looking around. Adam goes to sit down on a log to use his cell phone. She asks if he if he's gotten a signal out there. He. Tells her no, and that he's just playing a game. Sharing that his mom will be there soon. Ginny comments about what what he said about his mom working during the during that time. Adam claiming that she just finished her her shift. His phone chimes. She comments about about there being no signal as she tries to take his phone away to call the police. He continues making excuses while not allowing her to take his phone, lying that, lying that um, he, needs, he needs it if his mom calls him back. Ginny asks again if his mom is actually coming to get him, but he's silent. <laughs> you fucker. She pleads for him to give, give her the phone and then snatches it away from him. Brett interrupts them as the rest of the teens watches from above yeah i would have punched the fucking shit out of adam
1: yeah fuck adam dude.
0: like like legit in that whole moment like as soon <laughs> as soon as someone saw a brett i'm like lights out adam like oh, i'm <laughs> done with you kid like fuck you <laughs>
1: damn it see throughout this movie i was hoping that there was going to be a point where she starts fighting back and we get that a little bit later on and we'll talk about that scene but I was like, oh, I just want you wanted her... A, you
0: wanted an Aaron to, moment from year next.
1: Yeah, like that type of moment, or I don't know why this movie kind of reminded me of the movie of last year, uh, Alone, where she's oh, also being sure. hunted in the woods and stuff yeah. like that. God, what a and fucking you get, movie. And you get that great ending, and you're just like, you're satisfied. I wanted that ending. <laughs> yeah, I really did.
0: Yeah, and you are <laughs> the definitely satisfied with alone. That's for sure. Oh, uh, no, y'all check Shout out, out to alone. that movie. Yeah, that, that movie's fucking great. That was on my top ten of uh, Fantasia Festival last year. Oh, yeah. um, she tries to run away. Mark knocks her out. Like I said, this dude is just with the cause. Ginny wakes up with gas being poured on her face. Harry comments that she's awake, and as she, as they continue pouring gas on her, she notices that Steve's corpse is right next to her. Harry mentions that they can't do this since she's still alive. Brett comments that he's dead, and that Paige has the evidence of everyone stabbing, stabbing and cutting him, and they can't back down now. He asks for Paige to get filming, and then asks for Adam. Brett hands him the matchbox and for him to prove himself if he wants to be a part of their gang. He lights the match while crying and allows it to go out. Yeah, Adam, this is your fault. Yes. This is 100% your fault right now, Adam. Look at what you did.
1: This is exactly (laughs) what you wanted to be a part of. Right. Now you're in it.
0: Exactly. Like, you see this woman is being terrorized. What did you expect for them to do?
1: Yeah. What did you
0: expect? Like, I get it. You want friends these are not the friends you want man (laughs) like these are not the friends you want he takes adam by the neck threatening him if he doesn't do it lighting it again he drops it on steve um some of them coughing and gagging at the smell and and jenny's cries are just fucking heartbreaking my god brett is stoked continuing to manipulate adam forcing him to forcing him and cooper to ask if it is warm Like he like grabs them and he's just like tell me it's warm. Like he's stoked. He's so stoked. A piece of shit. (laughs) Adam tries to run away. Mark and Ricky stop him, putting a tire over his body. Wow. Ginny gets out of her restraints, talking, um, taking a lit piece of wood, kicking the, the rest of the gas on the ground and setting it on fire to give her time to run away. Brett is so angry. Like he's fucking furious. To the point where he grabs Adam, telling her to come back there on the count of three or he will burn him. So fucked up. He counts down from three, pouring gas all over Adam's body, burning him alive. And all you're left with is Adam's fucking screams. And there's just sheer, like, he's screaming when the gas gets poured on his head and he is fucking screeching. When, when he he's set burning. on fire.
1: God yeah, damn it. Man, this is a fucking rough movie. Dude. <laughs> this scene got me. I was like, oh shit. Okay. This I feel scene, nauseous. Yeah. This
0: scene fucked me up. I was like, damn. I, I hated Adam, but I didn't hate him that much. Like, Wait, like <laughs> God damn. Like, low-key, it's like, you kind
1: of deserve it, but I don't want to see right. you this. Like, the like, movie is, is literally making you hear it, like, with the audio sounds first. Oh, yeah. And then they show, like, a quick glimpse of him on fire. And I was like, right. I can't.
0: Yeah, like, it, it was, that was rough. This
1: movie is sadistic.
0: It is. Oh, man. It, it, it's, just, it's just pure shrieks. Jenny screams from, from fury, then throws up and keeps moving. It's brutal shit, but she got a dip. She limps back to the clearing, finding a map. She quickly checks it before breaking the glass to take the map. Before leaving the area, she writes... Um, a quote-unquote help me message on the ledger. Looking at the m- at the map for a moment, she is interrupted by Brett's annoying fucking voice coming down towards her. She opens the trash can, rushing at the smell for a moment before jumping inside. Ricky and Brett come into the area, Ricky mentioning that Ginny has the map and knows where to go. Brett reminds him that, um, that there's only one trail back into town and that they know where she is going instead. Ricky finds the help message on the ledger. Taking it and throwing it in the trash, retching at the smell, and I love how they like accentuate her eyes. Yeah, because her eyes, obviously, I mean, Kelly Riley's eyes are actually gorgeous. Like her right. eyes are are beautiful and they're, they pop out. Which right, is great and
1: because this scene it's perfectly it's for perfect.
0: That. It is perfect for this, and I love how they they have this moment of where like you see her her greenish crystal bluish eyes, right. and she's just like they're piercing. Right. And you can tell, like, at that point in time, her humanity is starting to leave.
1: Exactly. And that's the beauty of the scene, too, because she's, like, covered in shit, literally. Literally. Um, In the dark. Everything's all black. Everything's very morbid and dark and everything, like that. And we always say, like, oh, the eyes are the windows to the soul. It's kind of like her soul kind of, like, leaving her. And she's just, like, you said, perfectly, she's losing her humanity. Yeah. And her empathy is now out the window. Right. Um, and it's as we see soon, <laughs> and that's the moment where it's like, okay, cool. Is this gonna go the route of like alone and like where we're gonna see her be a badass and start like fucking killing all these kids? And I was like, all for it. I'm not for killing kids, but at the same time, <laughs> heard it here first, kids. folks. likes killing kids. kids. I do not. But in this case, it's like you kind of have to start fighting back. All yeah, of a like these kids it's are like, literally
0: trying to kill you. They're hunting you. Yeah, you're their prey. Yeah. Like, you, so. it, it, it's literally at this point in time, it's either them or you. Right. So, the boys leave as, as she watches them from inside the trash can. She opens the can, trying to catch her breath and while also trying not to throw up. Leaving out of the trash can, she kneels down, ripping her dress to pick up one of the shards of glass. She looks at herself in the mirror, Cooper spotting her. He comes up behind her, softly calling to her, and he's like, excuse me, miss? Without hesitation... She stabs him in the throat with the fucking shard. glass. glass. Shard, yeah. Damn. And like she this is the thing, folks. If you didn't watch this movie, she literally is staring at him for a hot second. She knows he's behind her. It's not like, oh, she heard something and accidentally stabbed him. No, she wanted to. She wanted to stab him. Yeah. And she did it. Yeah. Stabbed him in the neck viciously as fuck.
1: that's where she like broke her humanity right there. Right. She became what they are. It's like, I don't have any empathy towards you as a human being anymore. You're in front of me. I'm going to kill you. Yeah. you've caused so much trauma in my life. Yeah. You are gone to me.
0: I was curious in this moment. What, what would have Cooper actually even done? You know, like, 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 excuse me, you know, I'll try to help you get out of here. Right but Cooper was going to die anyway for helping her. Like those kids would have fucking like mutilated. You saw what happened to Adam. Right. And Adam was just a fucking bystander. And I think that was the
1: breaking point for Cooper to start trying to help her again. Yeah. Or not again, but yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, he was, he was a little shit as well with these kids, but at the same time, like Cooper didn't want anyone to die. He, he thought it was just going to be just harmless jokes. Them fucking around you know, popping a tire or two, being kids.
1: He also used a knife earlier on, too.
0: So he became a part of it. Well, yeah, because he was forced, forced
1: to. to. Yeah, but yeah, fuck them kids.
0: I mean, yeah, no, I'm with you. But... Like, it, it totally would have been... Straight up. You know that fucking song? ta na 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 Like, I feel like that's that's my theme song if I ever have to fight a group of kids. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it, bitch. Music kicks in. Like, I, I'm dead serious. Like, I just... I, it's just If I ever get into... Hopefully I don't. But if I'm ever more, I ever get into a predicament where I got to fight some kids, that's my theme song. That's what's playing in my head. <laughs> it's, it's always
1: interesting to think about it because, like, if she wasn't that broken and Cooper ended up helping her, would the movie end differently?
0: That's no. I hear. think Cooper would have gotten fucked up and she still would have gotten caught. Oh long? To be completely honest with you, like I, I truly, genuinely don't think she would have gotten far because Cooper, I feel like, didn't have that particular type of backbone. That's fair. And like, how, like, I just didn't, I just didn't feel like he was the appropriate person to find her. Now, uh, if Mark had a change of heart, yeah, Mark is boxing with Brett for sure. Like, if he had to, but that's his boy, so he's not going to. Then she realizes what she's done, holds him while applying pressure to his wound as Cooper chokes on his blood, screaming no as she holds his lifeless body. Fades black, and now night. Brett and Ricky still looking for Jenny, Ricky mentioning that they aren't aren't going to find her in the dark. Brett yells at him to go with Mark. He frustratedly screams. Paige drastically calls him over. Meanwhile, Jenny continues running over overhearing Brett's name being called. He makes it to the others, Brett noticing Cooper dead on the ground as Harry is sobbing over his body. Harry blames Brett and tells him that, um, that this is his fault and look at what he's done. Brett doesn't allow that, t- taking Paige's phone and grabbing Harry, Harry, forcing him to watch the video of him stabbing um, Steve. He sobs that he didn't want this or to burn Adam alive and that he doesn't want to go to jail. Brett um, slaps him around, asking him if he's ever gone there. Harry is dialing his phone. Brett asking him um, he's, who he's calling, telling him, then telling him to put the phone down. Brett just fucking starts wailing on him, kicking him and punching him <laughs> repeatedly. The phone begins to ring, Brett demanding for Paige to turn the phone off. She doesn't and runs away from him. Do you think he killed him? Yeah, I totally, 100%. I totally think he killed him in this moment for sure. Like, I don't want to believe that, but the way he was just wailing on him, oh, and stomping, yeah. stomping him on his face, son. Yeah, man, no way you're coming well, back left from that. From dead. No yeah. way you're coming back from that. And and the thing is, like, I don't know much about fighting. I truly don't, but. W- When usually you see like someone fighting, it's like side punches to the face where like they're punching them and their face, like moves. This dude was just going straight downward, yeah, like literally pummeling his face. And I, if I feel like if we would have seen it, like definitely would have been a brutal brutal. sight for sure. Um, What do you think he was actually punching? Do you think he was punching a pillow?
1: <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Or you think definitely. it was just like
0: like fake punching in the air? Or something. I mean, I do
1: like that they didn't show too much in this scene, even though it was. Oh, like it was way more powerful brutal. for them
0: to not show anything. Yeah, because you um, felt
1: camera angles and everything like that too. It was like, yeah, man, it, was it
0: was flawless. Well, flawless sh- well well because it, it was it was just right underneath him, and it was like he was punching the camera, like he was POV, right. and it was it was beautiful. Um, like <laughs> honestly, the way this is, this whole movie is shot is gorgeous. Yeah. Like this movie is just. Very stylistic, right? Right. But like with the way that this was shot, of how he just punches him and it switches flawlessly to POV. It's just like, damn! Like this, this dude was fucking filmmaking right here. Like (laughs) it's
1: really good to show the brutality of the sequences that's happening. Yes,
0: yeah, yes, absolutely. Back with Ginny making it to the gate and finding an opening in the crawl to crawl through. She continues running down, running and tripping down a hill onto the road. A guy stops his car to avoid hitting her. He gets out of his car, um, asking if she's okay. And we find out later that this is, um, I think his name was Renee. I don't remember his name. Reese was his name. Um, she asked for help sharing that they killed her boyfriend. She bangs on the hood of the car to get out of uh, to get out of there. I would have, I don't know. I don't know what I would have said. But I don't think I would have said it like she said it. So I guess I what's the word I'm looking for? Um vague? Cause she's like, mm-hmm. they killed my boyfriend. Like, you know, and, and Reese is now afraid, like, oh shit, there's a fucking killer out here. Right. You know, and like a group of killers. But I I think I would have said, like, these kids killed my boyfriend or something. I like, I don't know. I don't know what I would, what I would have said in this moment. Because obviously she doesn't know Reese's with them, but like she's like super vague with her words in this moment. And I don't know how helpful it would have been if she would have said, like, these kids killed my boyfriend.
1: Has that changed anything?
0: Right. I don't, I don't know how helpful that would be. Like, I don't know if you would have been like, kids, like, what the fuck? Like, wait, my brother's out here or something. Right. So with his friends. Poor kids. Exactly. He also, um, he allows her into the car. He asks what happened. She tells him that she, um, is being hunted by a gang of hoods and to get her back into town. The young, the young man or Reese, um, shares that the town is in the other direction and that his brother is out there. And, um, and he should have been home hours ago. She's confused, the man telling her that now he's worried about his brother. He calls his brother Ricky, asking him if he's okay and he's ready. Ginny um, yells for him to turn around. He continues going toward the gate, um, claiming that he will. Ricky's brother honks hunks the horn for him. He gets out of the car, calling for his brother. Mark and Ricky come, come out, and Ginny hops in, in the driver's seat, speeding away. Because, you know, when Mark like when ricky came out i was like okay you know she probably can get away with this if she just stayed in the car and be silent but when i saw mark i was like nope get in the fucking driver's seat drive away right mark will fucking kill you like legit (laughs) like and like i would feel like mark would just dispose of her in front of reese is like no fucks (laughs) all right without doubt. with heavy breaths she continues speeding hitting Paige purposely in the process. Fuck yeah, that felt so rewarded. She makes it out of the quarry, driving back into town. As Ginny is driving into town, she swerves out of the way to avoid colliding with another car. And I say that feels rewarded mainly because Paige, she only, like, gets afraid when he starts turning on his friends. Yeah. That's when she was Other just Other than like, that, she instigates everything. Exactly. You. Like, that's when she was just like, oh shit, like, he can actually hurt me now. Like, ooh. Like I'm not in, I'm not on the good side anymore. Um, she crashes into a parked car in someone's driveway. She hears the music playing in the back in the backyard of the house. She gets out of the car, limping towards the music of the partying of the partying people. They are having a pool party. Jenny's screaming for someone to help to help her before passing out. Fade to a woman. Fade to a woman helping Jenny as she lies down on the couch. The group are all making sure she's safe. Another woman named Mel answering a phone call telling whoever whoever is on the other line that she is at John's house. She shares the infor- that information about Jenny crashing into their house, walking away to get a better listen on her phone. Another woman compliments Jenny's ring. A dog starts barking, John telling his dog Clyde to stop barking and leave out of the room. Good old Bonnie and Clyde. Jenny sits up. Noticing the bulls, Bonnie and Clyde, John goes up to Mel and they all notice Reese's um Ricky's brother car that is crashed in the driveway. She sees all the pictures of Brett on the wall. Ginny turns her attention back towards the woman asking for an ambulance. And that was actually pretty smart right in that moment. Like like call an ambulance, like I need to get the fuck out of here. Right. Like I'm 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 hurt. I'm in pain. I don't know why they didn't call previously. Well, she passed out. Come on. I mean we know why. <laughs> she comes into the room, the woman as, asking for John um to phone the ambulance, Ginny asking for him to call the police. He sits down next to her telling her no. And the reason why is because he's running his own fucking shit in there. Like, I didn't mention this, but fucking um Brett has Cooper um sniff something when he tells him that he's tired he's like well fucking sniff this and it's like a vial and I can only assume it's cocaine right so like I assume his dad runs some type of drug business
1: gotcha makes sense
0: um, and she tries to get up but he shushes her while holding her down the woman helps her up bringing her into the bathroom interrupting a couple of people having sex Fair enough. She goes into the bathroom trying to gain her composure as she continues hearing them yelling and shouting beyond the door. She falls to the ground, checking the window to see if she can get out, but it is sealed. Mel screams as she sobs and the man shouts. She washes her face, going through the medicine cabinet, taking out a a shaving razor. They bang on the door, yelling for her to open the door, until John breaks the door down. Brett is now there, a woman um, a woman attacking her for a moment. They pull her off of Ginny, John confirming that Ginny is the person. She tells John that Brett is a liar and that they killed her fiancé. She pleads for him to call the police. He tells her no and, t- and turns around. Ginny tries to slash at Brett, but John protects him in taking the blow and putting her in a headlock. Another man tries to tell John no, but John reminds him that she killed one of their own. John tells him to look at the woman who is crying as she sobs, saying, they're just children. Your fucking heart drops when she says this because you just now know, like, with the runtime of this movie, you're just like, she's not going to get out of this. No. Ginny is crying that she didn't mean to and that the teens started it. The man mentions that the police are going to ask questions John rebuttals that they aren't going to get answers. He turns his, he turns his attention back to Jenny, sharing that they look that they look after their own here. He demands for Brett to go upstairs, slapping him when Brett says that he wants to stay. Jenny screams as they as they put her back into the shower, but we follow Brett, who goes up the stairs into his room, looking at himself in the mirror. He deletes all the videos from Paige's phone, putting on the shades, and then taking them off as he continues staring at himself with a smirk. Then, credits. Wow.
1: All of these people
0: are terrible. (laughs) Wow. Fucking Eden Lake. What a goddamn movie. What a goddamn movie. Like This movie is so impactful. Yeah. But what I was going to say, what this impactful movie is, is a great word. impactful is a great word, but what this movie actually is, this movie is fucking mean. It really is. This does movie not hold is back. mean. Like it's mean to the audience. It's mean to the characters. Like this movie is just mean. I've never seen a movie this mean <laughs> and I've seen some fucked up shit. Like hostile isn't even this fucking mean. <laughs> like,
1: right? Yeah, like, yeah, like I have this to agree.
0: this movie is fucking mean. Martyrs isn't even this mean. Inside isn't even like all of that. All of these crazy extremity movies aren't as mean as this for me.
1: So you're saying that can handle Martyrs now?
0: Oh, shit, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> ah, shit. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I mean, Martyrs is cathartic as fuck, but Martyrs is just eh, we could talk about this in the post show, but god damn
1: yeah it's a rough one it's one that like literally uh, at the very end i was like oh man i feel sick yeah at the same time it's like i could have no i I did handle it well though that's like knowing because it's so bleak and dark and depressing and sad and knowing that there is a bad you were able to prep yourself i was able to prepare myself for it. like
0: if you would have gone into this movie completely blind as you do right like you probably would have had a bit of a rougher time i'm sure
1: I think so, too. Yeah. And I, I did ask like my friends, like, oh, is there any scenes where I'm not going to like it that much? Yeah. Um, and uh, a few people were, like, telling me about about this movie in general before watching this. So I was like, okay, cool. They don't have this and this and that in this movie. Mm-hmm. Because the big thing I was scared, too, uh, I was scared that there was going to be, like, a rape scene as well. Sure. Yeah, that um, was completely granted. Um, thank God I I can't stand
0: that. I'm uh, with you. That's the hardest shit to watch. I'm with you. It's it's, it's rough. It's uh, rough. Um, Violation was a hard movie to watch because of it. <laughs>
1: fuck. Violation was rough. Yeah, uh, a long was.
0: One. That was a uh, long scene.
1: Thank God for her revenge and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, the
0: Nightingale is even worse. Fuck. Yeah.
1: It's <laughs> on, on my list too to watch. Yeah, But I also like, you know, stuff of kids. It's always rough too to see where that goes and yeah. how a movie handles it. Uh, I think they handle it pretty well in this because they make them like the villains. So it's not really the opposite where it's like two grown adults are like doing this kind of stuff to children. I think that would have been like layers and layers deeper of stuff that's
0: like, oh, I can't handle this shit. And you know what makes this a little bit more impactful is the fact that these were actual teenagers. These weren't like American teenagers, how we have fucking Jennifer Love Hewitt. And I know what you did last summer playing a high school student, right? Like we got actual, like, these are kids. These are actual kids. And like, you know, like you, 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 you don't see,
1: you don't see this. No, I think Hostel Part Two is the only one where you can kind of see that. Where it's like they get candy, they have like that rocks and stuff like that. Uh, Oh, sure. Uh, But but that's the only thing I can think back
0: onto. Like, oh yeah, it's like that, but it's the whole (laughs) runtime. Well, I mean, there's a bunch of movies that do this, right? Like The Good Son. Right. um, uh, Children is another one. Literally called Children. Children of a Corn. Like cooties. Like you know, like it's a bunch of movies that 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 play on this, but this just plays on it in a more bleak truthful setting like this was a true ending like yeah. in real life she probably wouldn't have gotten out of this and that is fucked up to think about
1: yeah and I, I, maybe i was taking notes but she crashed her car in front of their house right
0: she did into another damn. car yeah because she had, was trying to avoid another car that almost hit her
1: damn yeah well, fuck yeah, because yeah of course the big thing is just, like if I was hurt I would just keep driving to a different city but like I'm out
0: I mean I would have tried to continue driving yeah they did, at the party they didn't hear that shit had They had reverse, reverse out yeah be out I don't know if you noticed at the party too they were like all fucking naked and shit like in the pool
1: I know they were all in the pool and yeah.
0: weird but they were, they were all why. naked in the pool and I was like what is going on here what type of party was this before she came crashing in one of us <laughs> one, one of, of <laughs> us <laughs> We take care of our own here. Yeah, yeah, I see. Um, (laughs) That's slightly felt incestual. But uh, (laughs) there are no movie facts for this um, particular movie, which is why we kept the conversation going a little bit longer. But let us know over on Twitter what you think of Eden Lake, if you even want to talk about this movie. I know this movie is quite the talker. Every time I bring it up online, people will definitely have some shit to say about it. So definitely keep this conversation going over on Twitter at Nightlight underscore pod. That's night with a K. We want to keep this conversation going. But next week, ending off our month, we needed some fucking catharsis after this. Needed it badly. Because the next one that we are going to be concluding this month with is going to be Midsummer which I'm very excited to cover. I know this has been highly requested on our on our list here. So, midsummer. Everyone's getting it. Everyone's getting it. But this was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight, and alongside me we had Freddy. Always keeping this spoopy. Always and forever, also known as Nighty Night. Our efforts to get this show out is not enough. We need your help to spread us out to more ghoulish nights. Rating us with five stars is very helpful, but we would love for you to recommend this podcast to someone who would actually enjoy it. You can, su- you can further support the show over on Patreon.com forward slash Goodnight Life. That's Night with they were Okay. By on Patreon to access to this show ad-free and as early as Monday If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. A new episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. And remember, everybody, don't forget your nightlight.